Tonight we pick up again in the account of Simeon and Anna. Uh, we talked about it last week. It is a lesser known account. It is one often skipped over in the retelling of the Christmas events. It is an account many are not truly familiar with. And yet, it is an account God wanted known. It is an account that God wanted remembered. It is an account that God wanted considered and pondered, meaning God has something to say in these verses. God has something to show us tonight in these verses. Last week I said I found the key to studying the Bible is if we will look, he will speak. And that's what I found. If we will look into it, if we will study it, he will speak. Well, that is our plan again tonight. Tonight our message is entitled, A Day Remembered. A Day Remembered. Tonight we're in Luke chapter 2, verses 27 through 35. Luke chapter 2, verses 27 through 35. A day remembered. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 2, beginning in the 27th verse, God's word says this, and he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms And blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them And said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight. We are thankful tonight. We're thankful that we can come, that we can gathered together, that we can sing your praises, that we can exalt you, that we can worship you. I'm thankful for your word, that we can come and study, and if we will study, you will speak, that it truly is your speech. I pray that tonight, in this hour, that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, that you would bless us with knowledge, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of of our salvation, and that we would draw closer to you. Lord, I, I Pray again that you're honored in this hour. I'm thankful for this Lord's Day. Thankful for our service this morning. Lord, we just, again, open all this up to you. We pray that you would bless it, that you would use it, that you would multiply it. And we pray, again, that it's pleasing to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Have you ever truly pondered or thought about the birth of a person? Now, now, that's a pretty broad subject, but, but uh, have you ever thought about the birth of a person? I'm sure that you have. It really is an astounding thing. There was not this person, and then there's this person. That's a, that's a crazy thing. There's not this person, and then all of a sudden there is this person. There is a new person. 
And they have a name and it's their name and it won't be somebody else's name, it's their name. There is a new person. Now the star is small, but the potential is huge. And they smile at you the first, when they smile, it's with their eyes and then it's with their mouth. Everybody always says it's gas, it's not. They're actually smiling. And then they laugh. And then one day they have jokes of their own. Or you watch the progression, they sit up and they begin to crawl and they begin to crawl around, they begin to pull up. Then one day they start to take steps and they walk and then they go to college and they leave. Watch them, they will take in things and they learn things and they begin to think about things. You can watch it, their their wheels are turning and then one day they put out thoughts of their own. They will put out ideas of their own. As you watch them, there are quirks and there are personalities. That's an amazing thing. There are personalities. There are are things that you love and there are things that are weird. That's just weird. There's some weird things. Must come from their mother's side. And it is a wild process. It is a mind-blowing process. Why I want you to think tonight, infinitely so, the birth of God in flesh. All the things I just talked about, infinitely so, the birth of God in flesh. It is really too deep to consider. And it's really all all the questions that come to mind, it is too deep to even fathom. From the smallest thing, What was teething like for the Son of God? To the largest thing. Now think about the great theological things tied to this. Did he always listen? He never sinned. Jesus, don't stick that in the light socket. It'll shock you. Did he always listen? Did he pout? Did he ever pout? Was there there a year called the terrible twos? Or for Jesus, was it the kindest two-year-old you've ever seen? The kindest twos. Well, tonight we're going to look at a single day in that process, a day remembered. Now, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to read verses 25 and 26, and then we'll get that, and then we'll move on from there. So Luke chapter 2, a day, a single day to remember, beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout looking for the consolation of Israel, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. In verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now let's start tonight with verse 27. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. Remember this was before believers were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That starts at Pentecost. But it says he came in the Spirit. Now evidently Simeon is in tune with and able to be led by and is obedient to the Spirit of God. I believe that's part of his being devout and being righteous, being committed to God. But he is in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. He is able to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Now understand, he's not overtaken by the Spirit of God. He's not in some sort of trance 
that leads him to the temple. No, to me, this is much more impressive than that. He is found here actually walking with God. He is listening to and following God. He is following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And to me, that's much more impressive. He is walking with God. And God has led him to the temple. Now, the word used here for temple means the temple courtyard. It's not the the temple proper, the temple sanctuary. It is a word specifically for the temple courtyard. And so the Holy Spirit leads him to the temple courtyard. Now, it is the day, we read about it last week, that Mary and Joseph are bringing their offerings and dedicating Jesus to the Lord. They were following the law. He was fulfilling the law. It's fulfilled in him. And this is that day. It's the day that they've come to fulfill their offerings, dedicating Jesus to the Lord. Now, I want you to understand tonight, for the rest of the world, this was a normal day. It was a day just like many other days before it. It was a day like any day. There are people that are moving around the city on this day. There are people that are taking care of the pressing issues of life this day. You, if you were to sit quietly, maybe you would hear dogs barking or maybe you would hear tools that were clanging. Maybe if you got close to the marketplace, you could hear the, the trade that was going on, the haggling that was going on. It was a normal day. There were others surely in the courtyard. And maybe even there were other children also being dedicated on this day. It was a normal day to most of the passing world. Verse 28. Then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, let me read verse 27 with it. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, this is a straightforward statement. It's plain enough to understand, but it is also an astounding statement. It is a staggering statement. Simeon holds Jesus. Now, that is unimaginable. Simeon holds Jesus, and as he does, he is holding his Savior. As he does, he is holding the King of Israel. In the line of David, he's holding the king of Israel. As he does, he's holding the consolation of Israel, the promised Messiah of God. He is holding the Messiah, the promise of God. He is holding him. Now that's wild. I want to keep going for a second. Eternal God. He is holding eternal God in flesh, the creator and the giver of life. In fact, the creator of all things. Simeon is holding him. The great I am. He's holding him. Can you imagine that? Who should I tell that sent you? Tell him I am has sent you. He is holding I am. Let me keep going. In Revelation, it says that the Lamb will be the light in heaven. A new heaven and a new earth, the former things will have passed away, and there will will be the Lamb in the midst of heaven. He will be the light. 
He will be the centerpiece of glory, the prince of glory. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and all the hosts of heaven will worship him. The angels will worship him. Can you picture that? He is the light, the glory of heaven. And Simeon holds him. It says, and he held him and blessed God. Now the word blessed here is the Greek word eulogio, eulogio. It means to speak well of or to praise. We get our word eulogy from that. They offer a eulogy, they're speaking well of, they're praising. Now I want you to watch this. Holding Jesus, he began to praise the Lord. He began to speak of all the good things of the Lord. He began to speak of the good things of God. Now, it doesn't say what he says. I don't know what he says, but it has to be as he holds Jesus, oh, you're so faithful. God, you're faithful. It has to be, God, you're trustworthy. The promises are fulfilled in this one. It has to be, surely, you are merciful. You've provided our salvation. It has to be, surely, you are marvelous, God. So marvelous. Look at your plan unfold. He begins to praise the Lord. He begins to speak well of the Lord. And then it says, he began to praise the Lord, to eulogize, to speak well of the Lord, to bless the Lord. And then it says, and then he said, and then he said, the next four verses are actually most likely a song. Most likely, the next four verses, he sings out these verses. He sings these verses. Now, let me tell you something tonight, and you, you can laugh at me if you want to, and I believe it, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, it is true. Uh, there are some sour pusses that may not like to hear this tonight, but let me just go ahead and tell you this. The closer you get to Jesus, the, the closer you get to the love of Jesus, the closer, listen to me, I believe this, the closer you get to the joy of Jesus, the more you want to sing. I believe that. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to the joy of Jesus, the more that it just comes out of you, the more you want to sing. And people like me that can't sing a lick, you better get back from them because here it comes, they want to sing. Well, Simeon is praising the Lord and then he blows out in this song. He breaks out in this song. Verse 29, here we go. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. Now, Lord, now, you're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. Now, there's a couple things here. First off, he calls himself a bondservant. Paul does the same thing. Others do as well. He is a bondservant. And what that means is he is fully given to the Lord. He is fully committed to the Lord. Let me tell you this. I want to be like that. I want to be like that. I want to be a bondservant of the Lord. I want to be fully committed to the Lord. If you're going to say anything, say, that guy, he was committed to the Lord. That's what my hope is. That's what he is. He is a bondservant to the Lord. He says, and this is what this verse says, verse 29. 
Really, in effect, I can die now. I can depart in peace according to your word. Now, I want to point out two things here in verse 29. I want to show you two things. The first is this. Do you know there has never been a person die who could not say God has kept his word? There's never been a person that has died that could not say God's word has always stood. There has never been a person, there has never been a generation, there has never ever been a single person that could say, that could not say, Lord, it was exactly as you said, according to your word. God's faithful to his word. Never a lost generation, never, never a person could say that God did not honor his word. He is faithful to his word. Second thing is this, what a great way to die. I don't, I don't like to think about that, but what a great way to die in peace, not in strife, not in regret, not with unfinished business, not with some things that are burning in your soul, to die in peace. Well, we see here in verse 29, Simeon had walked with God. He had submitted to God. He was found in fellowship with God, and so he has no fear in death. He can die in peace. What a wonderful way to die. He can die in peace. Verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Jesus, his name means the Lord saves. We saw that this morning. As he holds him, he is able to say, this is our salvation. This is our salvation. This morning, Brenna asked the question, what is better news, to hear of Jesus' birth or to hear of his resurrection? Well, the answer was, and the answer is, they're both the same. Because God is faithful to his word, because Simeon can say, according to your word, your word has never failed. Because he's faithful to his promise, he could hold the baby Jesus and no, I hold my salvation. God is faithful. And even as a baby, he knows he holds his salvation. Verse 31. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. I love verse 31. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. I love this part. This salvation... And the revelation of this Savior, I want you to see this, was not hidden, was not kept secret, was not for this group, for some secret group, but not for some other group. The Bible says the revelation of our salvation, the revelation of our Savior, Jesus, was done in the presence, here's what it says, of all People. When you look up, it means all people for all the Jews and all the Gentiles. It was done so that all could see. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5 says, The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. Earlier, the angel said, I bring to you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
Our God's love is for all people. Our God's grace is shown to all people through the person, Jesus Christ. Verse 32. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' is coming testifies to two sets of people. It speaks to two sets of people. Now, first, to the Gentiles, it says, He is a light of revelation. Now, stay with me. He calls Himself the light of the world. He is a light of revelation. In opposition to darkness and in the absence of truth, He is the light. Now, what that means is, Those previously with no light can see light in Jesus. He's the revelation. He's the light to those who were previously the Gentiles without light. Isaiah 49 verse 5 says, And I will make you a light of the nations, the world, so that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. Listen, that's the plan of God. That has always been the plan of God. I will make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. And then it says this, and the glory to your people, Israel. And the glory to your people, Israel. See this, the glory of God. Now what it's speaking of is is the coming of God, the presence of God. Of God. When God is there, there's the glory of God. Now understand, the Jews already had the revelation in the Word of God. They already held the promise in the Word of God, the words of the prophets. And so they didn't need the light that the Gentiles did. They already had the revelation. They already had the promise. What they were waiting on was the glory on the fulfillment of the promise. So what do the angels say? Glory to God in the highest. Understand, Jesus was the promise fulfilled. We saw that this morning. Emmanuel, we saw that last week. God with us. John says, In him we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. They already had the promise. They already had the word of God. They already had the word of the prophets. They weren't waiting on a light like the Gentiles. They were waiting on the fulfillment, the glory of God. And we beheld in Jesus his full glory, glory as of grace and truth. Now, how crazy that all fits together. Isaiah, John, Luke, Matthew, how crazy, how perfect that all fits together. To the Gentiles, he is the light. To the Jews, he is the glory, the promise fulfilled. That is his song. That is what he sings. He praises God, and that is what he sings. Continuing on, verse 33. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which are being said about him. Now, that may be a huge understatement. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which are being said about him. The word astonished, it means Amazed, it means astonished. They were staggered. That's literally what it means. They were staggered. They were astonished. 
They were blown away at the things they were hearing. You ever think you know something or think you have a handle on something only to find out there's so much more or that it's so much better than you thought, that it's so much greater than you thought? Can't you imagine that's what it was to raise Jesus? You think, you know, we had an angel. He told us, we know. We, we've heard this. We heard Simeon, we know. Can't you imagine that's how it was? You think you have a handle on it, and again and again, you're blown away, you're staggered. Mary, did you know? No, she didn't know. She thought she knew, but it was always so much more, always so much better. It says they were staggered, they were amazed as they're hearing these things of Jesus. Verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And Simeon blessed them. Starts off, and Simeon blessed them. Now, when I, when I read that or I've read that, I think, well, he must have said some sort of prayer for them. He must have said some sort of priestly blessing to them. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you. Surely he gave them some blessing there. It's not what it means. See this. The word actually is the same word used earlier. It means, again, to speak well of, to praise. Now, here's what I want you to see. Think about this. This young couple has been through it. They've, they've had a dream. They've had visits by angels. There's rumors. There's all sorts of rumors about Mary. There's rumors about Joseph and what he ought to do. And there's things that Joseph can't understand. He knows what he's heard and he knows what's happening, but there's things that he has to lay at night and wonder what that, the meaning of this is. There's things that Mary can't understand. And, and as good as everything is, it is hard and they have to be scared. And here they are, this young couple, and they find themselves in this position and they find themselves enduring these things and moving through these things. And Simeon, this old kind man, says... Good job, y'all. Way to be obedient, y'all. God is pleased in y'all. You're doing well, Joseph. Joseph, you're doing well. Mary, you're doing well. It's okay. You're doing fine. You've ushered in our Savior. Good job. You've ushered in our Savior. Do you see? You're taking care of our Lord. You're taking care of our Savior. Good job, y'all. How gracious is that? Can you feel for just a second they could relax? Maybe they took a breath. Maybe Mary's shoulders dropped down for a second. Maybe they looked at each other. Maybe they smiled. Good job, y'all. You're doing well. Good job. And then it says that he says to Mary, now why to Mary alone? I'm not sure. I, I believe, I know she'll be the only one at the cross. Joseph most likely has died. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's going to be harder for her to watch his life. But he says to Mary, very simply, this child will be a dividing line. 
And there are many in this nation, many in this world, many in Israel that will fall. There will be some that will fall. There will be some that rise with him. And even in that truth, even in his rejection, he will be a sign. That will be a sign. He is the one. He is the Savior. As they oppose him, it is a sign. As they reject him, as he comes into his own and they receive him not, it is a sign. It's not unexpected. This is our Savior. Verse 34 again. And Simeon blessed him and said to Mary and his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. Verse 35. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I thought it was interesting here in verse 35, the word for sword, here in the Greek, in the original language, it was not a knife. It was not a dagger used in battle, a two-sided dagger. It was a heavy, long, chopping sword. And so he says her own soul will be laid open, will be chopped in two. She would one day watch her own son crucified and her soul with this sword, heavy sword, will be laid open. It says to the end that many hearts will be revealed. Jesus is the dividing line. And what you do with him then and what you do with him still today reveals your heart. Listen to me, you can believe and you can receive him in faith or you can reject him and you can walk on and continue in your darkness. Jesus is the dividing line and all of that is revealed in this one day, a day remembered. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come and I am staggered by your love, by your wisdom, by your perfect plan, by your grace. Your grace to us, here's our Savior, your grace to us, but your grace to Simeon, your grace to Mary, your grace to Joseph, your kindness shown to them. Lord, we come and we, we see your character in this account. We see your trustworthiness, your faithfulness to your word in this account. We see our hope, our Savior, even as a baby. You're going to hold that promise in this account. We thank you for it. Lord, I, I pray that we see you differently just tonight, that we draw closer to you just tonight. We see how gracious you are. I pray if someone here and in this room, maybe perhaps some, somewhere else, as they hear tonight, they would turn to our gracious Savior, Jesus, our Savior, their Savior, they would trust him and they would receive him in faith. Lord, we pray again, thanking you, rejoicing in you, seeking your movement in the declaration of this word, this message. We pray that you're glorified and known in every piece of it. We trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close again tonight with a time of response, a time to respond to the truth of God's word. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never turned to him, trusting him as your hope, your Savior. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that even tonight, especially tonight, to settle it tonight. Maybe you're listening by some other means tonight and you're, you're wondering where your hope lies. Your hope lies in Jesus. If you'll turn to him, he'll save you. 
He'll forgive you. He'll restore you. He'll renew you. If God has spoken to you tonight, we're going to stand just a moment and sing a hymn of invitation. You step out and you come on. If you need more invitation, you come on. If, you, if you're requesting baptism and testimony of what Christ says, you come on. We'll set a day. If you're looking for a church home, you come on as well. Together we'll serve him. Maybe you want to come and end this Lord's Day by praying here at an altar, praying with me. I'm going to ask as we stand and sing. Again, no one would stir about, but we would pray for those that are making decisions. We stand and sing. If God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here.